I want to preach on two words this morning. Uh, when Chris asked me if I would preach, which was Wednesday night, uh, because somebody else wasn't able to, um, I said yes instantly. And then my wife, when I told her, she said, you can't. So I said, why not? She said, we're preparing the communion table on Sunday morning at Kingswood, so we can't. So we kind of arranged it so that she's there, I'm here. So we're still doing our bit, but we're here this morning. But what I felt the Lord drop into my spirit, and the older I get, the more I realise how important it is to hear the word of the Lord. Uh, I have on my computer at home a little phrase that just says, Speak, Lord, your servant's listening. And the older I get, the more I understand that that is almost more important than anything else, is to hear God speak. And he, he actually said to me, preach on these two words, right? You gained two words this morning. That's, that's not two sermons, that's two words. Our Father. So I ought to put it into context. And the context is in Matthew chapter 6. So if, if I can get this to work right and I pull it up, uh, yeah, there we are. Um, in fact, it was going to be behind us at some point. Ah, it's a bit small. I hope you can see it because I want this to be interactive this morning. Because you'll find in a moment as I start to read, there's a lot of you's and your. So every time you see the word you and your, I'm going to do something. I'm going to point at you. <laughs> you. Your. Right? Now, when you point a finger at somebody, there are three pointing back. So the bit that I want you to do this morning is every time I point at you saying you or your, you've got to point back at me so that I know <laughs> that this morning it's me and my as well as you and your. Can you do that for me this morning? Good. I'm going to have a drink of my water first. The only thing is, is I don't know if you've noticed, I had a drink earlier and I spilled it all down my front. <laughs> so don't tell my wife, because she'll think I've started my dotage early and I'm dribbling already. <laughs> Verse 5, and when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the street, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, and I've lost my place now, yeah, they have their reward, but you, when you pray, Go into your room, and when you shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in the secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. In this manner, therefore, pray. Now, you don't need to point at me for a few moments, because I'm going <laughs> to... 
Because it now turns to you being God and us being us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Now you can start pointing at me again, because I'm going to point at you. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Have you got the point? It's all about you and your. It, this, this has got to be personal. This is, this is not something that is kind of a theoretical thing. And I find that lots of people have, have a real struggle with prayer. But, but the, I'll, I'll come back to it in a little while. It's actually they've got a struggle with relationship with Father. And it's all about who are we this morning? Yeah. Who are we this morning? I, I read a book 30 odd years ago. And I've, I've kept copies of it on my shelves ever since. This one, if you look, is actually, until I opened it the other day, this is a brand new copy because I saw it in a bookshop and I got one because I keep giving them away. Um, in fact, I've, I've come to the conclusion that books are not meant to be on bookshelves. Books are either in your hand being read or given to somebody so that they can. So... Why have I got this book in my hand? Well, 30 years ago, I read this book by a guy called Larry Lee, and it is called Could You Not Tarry One Hour? It changed my life because it's all about the Lord's Prayer, but more importantly, it's all about my relationship with my father, my dad, Father God. In fact, one of the interesting things in, I think, British society, British makeup, British culture, is we have a great difficulty in calling our Father, Father God, calling him Dad. I know I have. Struggled with it. It's almost as though it's presumptuous to say that he is our Father. When God quite clearly wants to know us as he being our father and we being his children. And this book opened my eyes. I'm going to read a little section to you. Now, it, it is, it's quite humorous, it's a little bit. Um, just to give you the context, uh, Larry came from a, a, a rich family in America. Uh, he had everything everything going for him and then one day his his whole mind just kind of disintegrated because of the 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 emptiness of his soul and he ended up having what we would nowadays probably call a nervous breakdown and uh, things were going from bad to worse and I'm going to read a little section to you 
It says this. I gave in and went to the doctor. After extensive tests, it revealed no physical reason for my deep emotional problems. I was admitted to the hospital and its psychiatric ward, and the rounds of psychiatric examination began. Soon the doctors walked into my room and said in an understanding tone, you're depressed, aren't you? These will help. And they gave him four tablets. And it says, the round started that every four hours they would come into my room and give me four little pills. And then he says this, he said, that did it, I lost it. The last lights of reality flickered out and the fog rolled in. The doctors called it a nervous breakdown, but in reality it was a transgression breakdown. I was a sinner who didn't understand Christ's atonement for sin. I didn't know life could have purpose. There I was, the heir to a fortune, and I had lost my mind. My grief-stricken parents reluctantly made reservation at the state's mental hospital so I could be committed. But before I could be transferred, one day I strayed out of my room into the hall where I noticed a crucifix. And being somewhat curious, I removed it from the wall and managed to focus my eyes and thoughts long enough to make out the Latin inscription, I-N-R-I, Inri. Confused, I wandered along the corridors of that Catholic hospital, collecting crucifixes and pondering those public, those, sorry, those puzzling letters. Of course, when the nuns spied me with all these crucifixes clutched to my chest, they rushed towards me to retrieve them. With the sisters in hot pursuit, I broke into a run, and my befuddled uh, mutterings amplified into a bewildering wail, loud enough for the whole world to hear. His name's not Henry. His name's not Henry. His name is Jesus. <coughs> Missing out a little bit. Suddenly, I heard... And in a voice speaking in my spirit, he said, Now you are my son. I missed a little bit out. In my room several days later, I seemed to come to my senses. I fell to my knees and began to cry out, Jesus, Jesus, merciful Jesus. It was not with a very religious prayer. I just called out to God, over and over, pleading, weeping, sobbing out his name. Suddenly, I heard an inner voice speaking in my spirit. Now, you are my son. Have you ever heard God tell you you're his son? There comes a point in every one of us where we suddenly realise that he's my dad. I am his son, and I am loved. I am cared for. I am his. 
Just going to read another little line to finish it off. It says this. Let me get it right. Then the voice told me I could get up and go home. I was well, but I couldn't leave because I was locked up. The doctor came in the next day and asked me routinely, How are you doing, Larry? I'm better now, I said. Puzzled, the doctor hesitated, then asked matter-of-factly, Why do you think you're better now? Returning his steady gaze, I said, Because yesterday I talked to God. I'd have loved to be in a fly on the wall. <laughs> the doctor cocked his eyebrow and muttered sceptically, Yeah, right. But unable to deny the peace that had replaced the inner turmoil, he soon discharged me from the hospital. The end of this little chapter, which is the first chapter in the book, and the, the, the title of the, the chapter is, his name is not Henry. <laughs> it says here, well, let me give you some advice. That's to you and I. Stop trying to think your problems through or wait it through try praying it through your situation may not be desperate but only when you are desperate enough to get down on your knees confess your needs to him and call on his name will he speak peace to you and your problems that's your next step. Take it now. Take it now, my friend. And when you call out to him, remember, his name's not Henry. His name is Jesus. Would anybody like this book? On one proviso, you read it and you pass it on. And if you don't pass it on, you pass it back. Because <laughs> I'll pass it on. That's not me. And it's not for me. Where are we? Our Father. In all that scripture that I read to you earlier, I want to just focus on two words today. Because everything else will fall into place if you understand who you are and you understand who he is. I was in a prayer meeting earlier this morning through there. And yet, guess what? I walked in there and I absolutely, I, I, I just, I loved it. Absolutely glorious. You were praying through there. The Lord bless you. It was the most uplifting, edifying thing that I had I'd been in in a long time. Why? Because they know their father. Our father. I'm just going to read you a few scriptures and a couple of words. The word for prayer in the Strong's Greek lexicon says this. Prayer is to interact with the Lord. 
I'm just going to say some other words in a second. Just think about that. Many of us think that it's bringing our, our shopping list to God. Nothing to do with a shopping list. It's interacting with our Father. Goes on to say, to interact with the Lord by switching our human wishes and ideas for his wishes as he imparts faith by divine persuasion. Accordingly, we pray. When we come to a place where we exchange our wishes, our thoughts, for what he is wishing yeah. and what he is thinking. That's why I say I have on my computer those little words that speak, Lord. I'm listening. Because the reality is, is we have to come to a place of, of interacting with our Father. Yeah. That's why I'm coming back to these words. Our Father. Because it's when we come to a place and it might mean that you can sit there and say nothing. After you've been married a while, you can go on car journeys and there's not a word said. You're not having to say anything. Now it might be that you ought to say something, but there again... But you're not having to say something. Have you ever been in people's con... Uh, having a kind of sitting with people and they say nothing and you're trying your hardest to say something <laughs> and everything you say is, is yes, no. Or you... I mean, we've got a granddaughter and from the moment she walks into our house it seems to be granddad... And when that word comes, Grandad, she hasn't said a word for the last two hours, grunts at me, but then she suddenly says, Grandad, and she brings her phone, and she, it's usually because she wants permission to buy something on her phone. <laughs> there comes a point, you know, folks, when in relationship, you don't have to be asking for things, you don't have to be doing things, being in each other's presence is sufficient. And if you haven't come to a place in prayer where you can be in God's presence and just sit and just be with him, I want you to try it. In fact, in a moment, we're going to start doing things rather than talking about things, but I'm going to read a few verses because this morning is going to be interactive. Interactive between me and my God, interactive between this congregation and this preacher. 1 John chapter 5 verse 15 says this, and it's about prayer. And if we know that he hears us. Now, I've got to tell you something, that in the Bible, often when you come across the word if, it's not to do with if it is or if it's not. It's the guy has preached something, and then he says, and if that's the case, then. So it's one of those points where it connects one thing to another. He, the, the writer in 1 John is actually talking about the fact that God hears us. So then he says, and if God hears us. And then you could put it into brackets. Whatever we ask. 
Now, this is hard to get hold of, but until you come to an understanding of who your father is and how, how he has the cattle on a thousand hills, until you understand that he is the God of all creation and he can even, if he hasn't got it, he can make it like that, then you don't realise just how much he can answer your prayer and when you ask, he hears, he answers. So let me read it again. 1 John 5 verse 15 says, And if we know that he hears us, and I'm saying we do, whatever we ask, not just the things that we, you know, I've heard people say that prayer is all about God answering, but God answering sometimes yes, sometimes no, and sometimes wait. That's not scripture. It might be what we feel is our experience, but it's not what the Bible says. The Bible says... And if we know that he hears us, and that means whatever we ask, let me go on. We know that we have what we ask for. We know that we have what we ask for. Now the secret, I believe, is getting to the point where you know it. Because the enemy will, will whisper to you and say, you can't expect God to do that for you. And God says, try me. That little illustration. I was helping my son the other day. He was redoing our, our granddaughter's bedroom. And, oh, it was a mess. Anyway, that's another story. But we'd cleared out all the rubbish. And he lives on a third floor apartment. So everything comes down the stairs. So we were up and down those stairs, up and down, up and down. And we got to the car and I, I was putting everything in. And we'd dismantled a, a bed. And it had two big metal bed bars. You know what I'm, I'm talking about? And I was putting them in the back of my car. And on the end of the bar, there was just this tiny little bracket. But as the wind was blowing, and on Victoria Dock, it's usually blowing, I, it, it took the, 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 the two metal bars that I got in my arm, trying to put them into the boot, and it just clattered against the back light housing of my car. And I heard it go, crack. And I looked, and there was a little hole in it. And I thought, oh, I'm going to have to get a new one. So the next time I'm driving past the under garage, I went in, I went to the guy, and I told him what I'd done. And I said, how much is that going to cost me? And a bit of plastic. And to have it fitted, this bit of plastic was going to cost me £275. And I thought, Lord. Now in the old days, I'd have gone down to the scrapyard and I got an old one and I'd have replaced it. But nowadays, you can't even do that anymore. Um, and so I'm thinking, Lord. So I, I just felt the Lord... And this is how it comes with me. I, I felt the Lord saying to me, ask him. So I, I just said, now I know this is a bit ridiculous, seeing as I, I broke it, but doesn't any of my warranties with Honda cover it? And he started laughing. He really laughed. He thought it was hilarious that I should even think of asking whether I had to pay for it or not. 
And then a little voice, not from the Lord, but from the next desk. This girl just pipes up, she said. If you give me an hour, Mr. Hall, I will ring under and find out. And I actually wasn't quite sure whether she was being sarcastic <laughs> or whether she was... But an hour later, I have an email that says it will be fitted free. Whatever you ask. Now, I'm not going to add the if, buts and maybes. I am saying if you know your father and you hear his prompt, whatever you ask. Because it's swapping our wishes for his wishes. But the glorious thing is, when you do that, you find that his wishes for you are better than your wishes for you. Yeah. Do you know that he wants to pour out upon you a blessing that you can't contain? That Bible says so. He wants to do more than we can ever even begin to understand or know. He has for us every blessing. Quickly, one more verse, and then we're going to go on to our Father. Verse 18 of Ephesians chapter 6. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert, always keeping on praying for all the Lord's people. In another version, it says, pray without ceasing. How can you pray without ceasing? Well, when you understand that praying is interacting with the Father, and sometimes that means you keeping quiet and him saying stuff to you, you realise that every moment of every day can be a walk of prayer. And it's just listening to the voice of God. We come back to those two words, our Father. And I want to start with the second one first. I'll come back to our in a moment, but I want to start with Father. If you have a problem in being able to pray, I'm, I'm going to suggest to you, and I'm going to do it in the, 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 with the kindness of my heart, but the reality being that if we have a problem praying, it's probably because we have yet to find that place where he is our father and I am his child and that I know that everything in God is for my good. We grab older scriptures like the one in Jeremiah that says, I know. What is it that God says? I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And if you turn that into just being about finances and money, you've missed the point. Because all that stuff gets added to you when you come to a place of knowing who your dad is and your relationship with him allows you to walk arm in arm with him knowing that he is hearing and answering your prayer. In the scripture that we, we looked at and we read out, verse 6 says this, because I think this is the, the old secret to relationship with God. 
when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father. I'm just going to quickly go through those words with you right now. Close the door. I believe the secret to prayer is closing the door. Now, I, I do mean that at times it's well worth going into a place that is nice and quiet where you can close the door and you can lock everything else out and you can be alone with God. But I tell you something, you can be at a point and place in your relationship where you can close the door of your heart and mind to all distractions and all the other stuff that's going on and know that you are in his presence and that in his presence, I could go on to all kinds of scriptures about what happens in his presence. This morning, as I walked in through that place, I started to weep the moment I got into the prayer meeting. Why? Because I knew his presence was there. I felt it. It comes down like a glorious blanket of knowing that he is there. So close the door. Why do you think we, and it's not in Scripture, you know, but as children we were taught to pray how? Close your eyes and put your hands together. Why? Well, I was always told at school it was to stop me with my hands from fidgeting. <laughs> close your eyes so that you weren't looking at other stuff. It's closing the door. Closing the door to every kind of thing that might want to take your, your heart and your mind and your eyes off God and get your eyes planted back on him. Close your eyes. Close the door. Get into his presence. But I think there's another part of this that we've got to do. You close the door to all the distractions, but you open the window of heaven. <laughs> So that you and God start to, the word that we read earlier, I was going to use communion, but the word we used earlier was interact. Interact with your God. Come into his presence and know that you're in the presence of your dad. You're in the presence of the Lord, the Lord God Almighty, but the Lord God Almighty is your dad. And you are an inheritor of the kingdom of heaven. And your, your place is that you are a son. You are a daughter of the most high God. And he wants to lavishly pour out upon you a blessing you can't contain. So father, daddy, Abba. You know that word in the scriptures and you'll have heard it a thousand times before. But have you dared to put it into practice? Abba is the most intimate form of the word daddy that is in the Hebrew language. Abba. Dada. My dad. So, start with relationship. We're going to start with relationship now because I have a thing that's burning in my heart at the moment that nothing has been taught until something's been learned. So however much I talk about it, the fact is, is this morning, I want us to quickly put it into practice. And then we'll go on to the next word. But Father. So, close your eyes. You can put your hands together, but I think you're all old enough to maybe do it without putting your hands together. But let's come to a place where we're coming to the presence of God. And I want you, and the only thing we're going to do this morning for a few moments, is to just... 
I'll pray and, and, and if you're capable of it, pray it in your heart and if, if you get more, more kind of excited, let it out uh, and let's just talk to Dada. Oh, Father, Father, my Father, Lord, I come to you, my Dad, the one who loves me with an everlasting love. Come on, one or two of you, start to put it into words. You, you are my father. I am your son. I am your child. Lord, this morning I come to you and, and I, I come knowing that I am the accepted in you. That, Lord, it's not to do with anything else, not what I've done, what I haven't done. It's to do with who you are and who you have made me. I am your child. I am your son. Lord, we come this morning. We come and we praise you. We praise you for who you are. We praise you for what you have done for us. But Lord, more than anything else, we praise you that you are our father. And we walk in that knowledge today. Lord, we don't have to come with any, any other words today. All that matters is I am your son and you are my father and everything that I ask, you have given. Do it, Lord, we pray. Amen. I believe that one of the things that many of us ought to do is today, find some time, find some space, close the door and come before the Lord and start saying, Lord, I want that relationship. I want that relationship that you've written all about in your word, but at the moment I might not feel it. I've had people down through the years who've come to me and talked to me and said, I can't relate to God as Father because my dad was an abusing father and I've had to say to him and it works and it works for me and it works for, for anybody who, who will grab hold of this word because I had a fabulous father but even my fabulous dad doesn't come anywhere close to the fabulous dad that I have now in heaven why? because it's not about our experience of a father that matters it, what really matters is every one of us have an understanding of what a father ought to be. We can all say when we see somebody who is being a bad example of a father, that's not a father. Which means we have this kind of picture in our heads already that says, that's the dad that I want. And my father in heaven surpasses every picture of fatherhood that you will ever see. That's why I say I am so thrilled that I had the most incredible dad. But even that is a poor example when it comes to the father who is our father. I want to quickly move on because one line I've missed out of that and he will respond as you pray, Father, he will say, Yes, my son. 
But I want to change now into looking at that other word there, our, our. Because this actually is often the, the difference between praying privately and praying collectively. And I, I've come across many people who when they pray, when they're in church, um, you can still see they've kind of closed the door and they've locked themselves away. And, and, and they're praying, yes, but they're praying as an individual, not as the collective. Because one of the things that relationship shows us, when I know who my dad is, I also know who his children are. This morning I'm amongst the kids. I'm amongst my dad's children. I'm amongst my brothers, my sisters. Doesn't matter what cultures we come from. It doesn't matter whether we're Kingswood or Cottingham. It doesn't matter any of that stuff. It just means that when I'm with you, I know I'm with my, my brothers and sisters. And when you know that in prayer, you suddenly find that another dimension comes. Because I could take you to scriptures like where two or three are gathered in his name. There he is in the midst. Do you know something? Whenever, whenever his kids get together, God says, I'm going there. So this morning, when, when you started coming into this place, do you know that God immediately said, if they're getting together, I'm coming too. Yeah. And this morning, Father is here. Why? Because you are here and because I'm here. And there is something very powerful when we come as the children of God and say, our Father. Yeah. Our Father. Because he's your father, he's my father. And we come in agreement together. We come and we say, Lord, what are you saying this morning? And he speaks to us. And we come together in agreement. There's a slight difference in position to what we talked about earlier, where God says, go and close yourself off in a room. We open the window so that we can hear what the Lord is saying. But there is something very special when we come together in joint prayer because I think we link together. And then he says, whatever you ask. Whatever you ask. Two or three agree. If two agree on anything, it shall be. Have you understood that when we come together as family to pray to our Father... Not only is he wanting to do it for you, he's wanting to do it for your brother beside you and your sister beside you and, your, and, and the whole congregation as the children of God. He's saying, yes, 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 yes. As we say, yes, together. One last thing and I'm going to finish here, finish now. I want us to do something in, in prayer right now and I wanted us to do it collectively so how do you do that you say well sometimes you just have to do something that that is a kind of a, a physical thing in a moment I'd, I'd like you if if the person next to you you know me enough to be able to do this if they don't just say sorry I'll, I'll stay as I am thank you you're okay it's okay I want you to link the person next to you go on do it Link them. You don't have to link too many. One will do. I mean, or two or three or, or as many as you want. Why? Because we're going to come together collectively. Collectively. 
there is something quite remarkable about joining together. Joining together. I was in a prayer meeting this, well, no, it wasn't a prayer meeting, it was a, a preaching meeting, but the, the preacher suddenly said, um, pray in twos and threes. Uh, I'll get this over quickly because you're all getting sweaty palms from holding. <laughs> you're not quite sure that you want to be touching the person next to you, I know. They said, pray in twos and threes. And I found, I was, I was with some friends and, uh, and we were praying together, but it was an old Methodist chapel, so there was pews, so it wasn't the easiest thing to do. And, uh, and I suddenly realised that, that my friend, who was sat right in front of me, because there wasn't room on, my, on our pew for us to be together, my friend, who I've known for many years, um, he, he wasn't joining in. And so I thought, well... I, I'm not going to go into the just me praying. I'm going to I'm going to pray with him. So I put my hand on his shoulder, and I started praying for him, and he still didn't respond. And I'm getting I'm not happy with this. So I'd got my oil bottle, which I always have in my bag, <laughs> and I thought, right, I've got some oil on my hands, and I laid hands on him. He he, he probably wouldn't know. And I was praying over him and praying over him. Long story short, at the end of the meeting, we've had lunch together. And as we go in, he gives me a hug. I give him a hug. And I find that my, my mouth is near his ear. So I said to him, Colin, when we were praying, I anointed you with oil. And I prayed over you. And I prayed that God would bless you. And he said this back to me. He said... Oh, thank you. That's just what I needed. Sometimes when we come into the presence of God, yes, we need the Father to hear us. But shall I tell you something? There's something very wonderful and marvellous about being amongst your friends, your family, that we join together. And now you've had your hands held for so long, I better get on and pray or else we... <laughs> Lord, we come to you as our Father. You're our dad this morning, Lord. And as we come together, Lord, it says that one shall chase a thousand, two shall put 10,000 to flight. Lord, we know that that is a multiplication process that means that by the time we're a size of this, we can turn the world upside down. Lord, we come together this morning as your children joining together in this place and we say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.